Peaceful Bedtimes, The Quick Trick That Saved Us by Tori Rask. Good night, buddy. I love you. I whispered to my seven-year-old son as I quietly slip out of his room and into the hallway, leaving his door a few inches ajar like he prefers. Night, Mom. See you tomorrow. He calls sweetly in return as he rolls over, clutching his favorite stuffed shark, ready for sleep to claim him. I pause to breathe in the moment, remembering a time not so long ago when most bedtimes ended up with me sitting outside this very same door, locked from the outside, watching a baby monitor image of him pounding on that door relentlessly while both of us cried. Our little dude has a stubborn streak a mile wide, and it was on full display at bedtime. It started when he learned to pull the stand at eight months old, and it triggered a sleep regression that didn't let up until after his first birthday. I aged five years in those four months. Things settled down a little until he learned to crawl out of his crib just after his second birthday, necessitating the switch to a toddler bed. We tried to set expectations and create a routine he could count on, but night after night, week after week, he kept pushing and fighting for one more book, one more song, five more minutes of snuggles. We tried keeping things exactly the same for weeks, hoping he would learn what to expect, but he never accepted the routine and kept crying and pushing for more at every bedtime. We tried giving him more of the things he asked for to see if he would self-regulate and determine for himself what would be enough for him, but there seemed to be no such thing as enough. At some point, probably after a hefty session of prayer, it dawned on me that my little dude might be having a bit of separation anxiety at bedtime. Maybe this is obvious, but it hadn't occurred to either my husband or me because it was never something he seemed to struggle with at other times. When we dropped him off at church, preschool, or even childcare at the gym, separation was never a problem. In those cases, the allure of different toys to explore and new friends to play with was stronger in our curious little extrovert than his reservations about being parted from us. When it came to bedtime, however, I wondered if separating from us might be part of the problem. From infancy, Cam would fight sleep as long as he was with Mommy, keeping himself awake as long as I rocked or sat with him. But he also couldn't bear to be parted from me and would go to pieces when I would leave. During his epic sleep regression, we discovered that he would fall asleep for Daddy, but not for Mommy. I wondered if the root of his struggles was the idea that Mommy and Daddy leaving his room was the end of his contact time with us for the day. I also wondered what might change if he realized that wasn't entirely true. The next night at bedtime, I decided to test my theory with a quick question. Cam, I asked, did you know that Daddy and I come into your room to check on you after you're asleep? You do? He asked incredulously. Yes, sweetie, I explained. We come in after you're asleep and make sure you're covered up and give you kisses before we go to bed. Oh, he exclaimed, his little face registering a modicum of relief. That's great. I do miss when he said his R's like that. In a moment of what can only be attributed to divine inspiration, I followed a whim that changed the game for us from that day forward. Tell you what, buddy, I said, why don't you choose a stuffed animal? I'll take it with me when I leave, and then I'll bring it back when I come check on you tonight. That way, when you wake up and see it, you'll know that we came in to see you after you were asleep. That's a great idea, Mom, he said, handing me a stuffed bear. I picked up the stuffy, gave him a kiss, walked out of the room, and held my breath. There was no crying, 
No fussing. No sound of footsteps out of his bed. No pounding on the door. I peeked in his room five minutes later and he was asleep already. An hour later, I came back and he was still sleeping peacefully. I deposited the stuffy on his bed and tiptoed out of his room. In the morning, he came into our room with the stuffed bear in his hand and his face beaming. You really did check on me, he exclaimed. Thus, we began a nightly routine that carried us through the next several months and has come back into rotation on and off over the ensuing years. He eventually figured out that his preferred method of execution was to leave the stuffy on my side of the big bed before retiring to his room, and to this day, I will occasionally find his favorite stuffed shark sitting there waiting for me when I head to bed. When it was our daughter's turn to struggle with bedtimes, it was soothing to her as well. It helped that her big brother explained it to her. She took his word for it, even when she was slightly skeptical about ours. She uses it frequently still, usually on the occasion she naps, and has a hard time settling down. Her preferred stuffy to leave for us is Diamond, the sequined unicorn. It's such a simple thing. I never would have thought it would have the impact it did on our kids. I've passed the tip on to other families, many of whom who said it has helped them as well. It hasn't fixed all the bedtime's problems. We still hit the occasional speed bump that a stuffy on the bed won't fix. And to be sure, there are some bedtime struggles that a late-night stuffed animal delivery won't even touch. But it's simple, easy, gentle, and might just be worth a try. May your bedtimes be peaceful and your evenings be your own. Tori, thank you so much for sharing your piece with us this month, and welcome to the Kindred Mom Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're so grateful to have you and love how you have contributed multiple times to our community in the past year and just really would love for the other women who listen to this podcast to get to know a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe one special, interesting or quirky thing about your family? Okay. Well, I live in the Portland, Oregon area with my husband, Mm -hmm. Jeff. We've been married for 10 years. And we have two kids. Um, Mr. Cameron is seven years old, seven and a half, Mm -hmm. and he is in second grade. Miss Kendall is five, and she's in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And a quirky thing about our family. Um, Well, you know, it's probably not quirky right now because everybody's into Star Wars. But we love Star Wars so much that we just got a puppy over the weekend and named him Chewbacca. Oh, so fun. What a fun step. I, my kids would really flip out if we were able to get a puppy, which we're not able to do yet, but I'm so excited for you and your family. What is one thing that you do, don't do, or use to make your life just a little bit easier as a mom? You know, I guess the biggest thing that I do that has, met, that has made my life and my family's life better mm-hmm. is learn to be transparent with other moms and learned and create relationships and find spaces and be brave enough to share the truth about what's going on with us and get some feedback from Mm -hmm. other moms, because it, there isn't anything we've gone through as a family that I haven't heard of someone else that at least can, can commiserate with me because they've experienced it. Right. And a lot of, a lot of my best ideas that I've brought to my husband and said, Hey, let's try this have come from having checked with other moms. So I think the best, Thing that that I have done and that we have done as a family is try to as much as possible parent in community, mm. and um, 
online resources like Kindred Mom make that so much easier because, you know, we're not face to face with people every day. And so having um, relationships and connections with other moms through spaces like Kindred Mom are Mm -hmm. very, very helpful for that. Oh, so wonderful. Well, I think that's a great bit of wisdom that moms can take with them to parent in community. And I love your comment about just being transparent. I know that that can be a challenge, but I think that it does, you know, that vulnerability kind of knits our hearts together with other women who are Mm -hmm. in the same stage as we might be in or have maybe experienced something similar to what we've been through. So I think that's great. Um, I would love to know, are you a morning person or a night owl? And my entire life I've been a night owl. Yeah. Do you have Um, a particular routine for that time of the day to make the most of that time for yourself? You know, not anymore because my kids are early risers. Yeah. And so I am now having to go to bed early so that I can get up with them. Ah, I get it. I totally (laughs) get it. So my timing really has shifted. Um, and so really now I'm kind of focusing on maximizing my mornings yeah. and I, and so for my mornings, I try to make sure I have a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do some stretching exercises because after a couple kids, my back has given me some problems and I've got, and if I do my stretching, it super helps with that. That's great. Um, do some devotional time. But the problem I'm up against is that my son is always up before I am. And the minute he hears my feet hit the floor, he wants to say hi. Yeah. Early morning minutes to do things for myself isn't easy, but we're working on it. Oh, good. Yeah. I think we can relate. Many moms can relate. (laughs) Well, just one more question for you. What is one topic you could talk about forever? I think I could talk about the power of relationships between moms forever. Mm. Um, it has been so impactful in my life and I have watched the way that it has changed the lives of women around me. I mean, not only as moms, but you know, when, when women have come together in that bond of motherhood, you know, I've seen it give women the courage to chase their dreams and start a new career, to leave an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. to parent through a, you know, a particular challenge or struggle that they wouldn't have been able to um, to really face otherwise with the same degree of grace and strength if they didn't have that support. So I could go on and on and on about how important that is and the ways that I've seen the people around me cultivate it. It's something I'm super passionate about and it's why I'm here and why I appreciate Kindred Mom and just am so excited about and feel blessed by the opportunity to write for Kindred Mom. Mm. Well, we're so blessed by you, Tori. And thank you so much for sharing this piece with us. Thank you. 